Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and Happy New Year. It's January 14th, 2015. We are back on The Wedding Genie with a new series and set of topics for us to discuss at the beginning of this year. I've always been fascinated um, with really great restaurants that do private events well. And there are, in this city, we're in New York City, we're very lucky and we're afforded with a number of them. But I've been most fascinated with the fact that if you want to do a private event at home or on a larger scale, it's, it's complicated for people to figure out how catering works, what you need, and who to call. And we are really lucky today to have on a group that I think has been combining um, the management, the talent, the food, the artistry, well, under one umbrella group, the Epicurean team. And we have both sides. We have representatives from the restaurant side and the catering side. Ron Levine, who's the COO and president of the Epicurean group, and Sarah Weissman, who's the director of catering and sales, are joining us today to talk about both of these arms. And we would argue both that they do so well. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, Jeannie. Ron, I'd love for you to give us a little bit of the history of the Epicurean Group and how um, not only the four restaurants that you have under management um, were created and and came about, but also when and how Epicurean Events um, was created. Sure, I'd be delighted to. Uh, We started about seven years ago with our first restaurant, Del Anima on uh, 8th Avenue and Jane Street. Uh, very popular right off the bat. We were very fortunate there. Small setting, about 45 seats. Uh, the second restaurant, Lartuzzi, came about two years later, uh, and we've been fortunate to have success there as well. Uh, as we grew then with our wine bar, Amphora, uh, and uh, ultimately with Lapicho, as we were building Lapicho, Gabe Thompson, our executive chef, said to me one day, you know, we keep building these restaurants and the the prep kitchens have to be so big because we're doing pasta on every side uh, for each each house. And and we don't really have the capacity. We're turning away business for catering. You know, we could kill two birds with one stone by having a catering division and centralizing our pasta, fresh pasta production, to one house. So that that was really the uh, the birth uh, spark of what eventually became Epicurean Events, our off-premise catering division. And I was fortunate enough to have met Gabe, and um, he certainly does have fire that I can imagine created. It was the genesis for the catering group. Sarah, talk to us a little bit about um, how this sort of the the intricacies and the details of creating a catering arm when you already have four really successful restaurants. We're going to talk about those restaurants in a bit. The food is great. The service is great. Um, I'd always loved the restaurants, starting with Del Anima. So talk to us a little bit about how the catering group functions. Where does it live? Where's the overlap? Um, What do you love best about it? Sure. So I was really lucky. I came on board uh, with Epicurean Events in July, and... For me, uh, coming from a catering background, it was extremely exciting because getting to work with with Gabe Thompson and Joe Campanelli, who are so talented and have created such um, a fan base here in New York, I thought it was a huge opportunity to really get our food out to people uh, and in different ways other than just at your typical restaurant setting. Catering is is very different in a lot of ways uh, from the restaurants. Obviously, you don't have your brick-and-mortar establishment. We do run our commissary operation out of our Lapiccio kitchen uh, because it is large and and 
centrally located here in the East Village. So that's great for us. Now, the, the details about planning an event, there's a lot to think about. Um, not only do you have to think about first the location, which um, in New York there's fabulous locations ranging from prices anywhere from $2,000 all the way up to $20,000 for a venue rental depending on what, what your needs are. Um, that's the first piece of, of the puzzle. Then obviously finding exactly what type of food service you need, ranging from a cocktail party to interactive stations to maybe doing a chef's table at an event, taking you know our signature chef's table from Delonima and putting that in your home or in an off-premise event. Then you also have to think about rentals, chairs, tables, uh, china, linen. Does the venue have them? What's included in the price? What isn't? Uh, and the caterer will always handle the rentals on your behalf, so you don't have to worry about figuring out how many forks, knives, and all of that stuff. That will be handled by the caterer. Uh, then also the staffing, the labor. You've got to bring in people to do the job. So really the, the fun thing for me about catering is that you're really building essentially a, a restaurant and experience from the ground up every time you're doing an event. And there's so much freedom in, in what's possible. And you're not confined to maybe just a specific menu that we're serving during that season. The sky's the limit. So that's what I love because it really gives me an opportunity, as well as the chefs, to be creative about what we can offer and what we can do. And I'll sort of toss this out at either one of you, or I'd, have, I'd love to hear your, both of your responses. Um, you know, as the president and CEO, Ron and Sarah, obviously, as the person who directs the catering arm, you mentioned Del Anima and that you're able to pull from the different restaurants, but the commissary commissions at Lapicio. And by the way, I think it's really important that we make sure our listeners have your websites. Um, Epicurean Events, which is the catering arm, is epicurean, E-P-I-C-U-R-E-A-N dash events with an S dot com. And then each of the restaurants has its own website. Um, we'll talk about Lapicio, where the commissary kitchen is, and that's L-A-P-I-C-I-O dot com. But the question really is, one of the great things I love about restaurants that have catering arms as someone who has to introduce clients to a catering company, it's impossible for a catering company to set up a tasting with every single client that wants to meet with four or five different caterers. There are some in the past that used to hold these sort of mass tryout tastings, and you know there are different ways around which this would work. I mean, in our case, we're really lucky that most of the caterers know us, so if we're bringing a client in, they might do a small tasting. But it wasn't a really productive way for those who didn't have a planner and or who weren't familiar with the different catering companies to figure out, who do I hire? Because what's more important than the food at an event? And really, cost-wise, to your point, Sarah, between the labor and the rentals and all the things that go into it, what's, what's a bigger por portion of the budget? Nothing. And in that vein, one of the things that we really love is being able to say, hey, you can go in, you can try the food. And therein lies the right. question. Right. You, you talk about pulling from these different restaurants. What do you where where do you think the most I mean one of the things I love is your staffing your, I think your staff is really really great how does that tie into mm -hmm. the catering side um, is the staff does it ever overlap or is it just does it make you that much better at picking them and having your arsenal the food um, the the strategy the overall um, feel where is that overlap and where do you think it really shines on the catering side 
if I can jump in on this one, Sarah. Uh, yeah, sure. I think that's one of the real benefits of, of uh, coming from the restaurant group is that both from the service and from the kitchen side, we do draw as much as possible from our core group uh, of players. Not to diminish the skill of uh, you know of catering cooks and and uh, cater waiters. Uh, there are tremendous people out there who for various reasons, for life choices, professions that they're pursuing, uh, can't commit to a full-time restaurant schedule per se, but uh, do make themselves available for those catering events, and we, we use those folks too. Uh, but uh, starting with Jubilee Ihorn, our, our tremendous uh, chef de cuisine in the catering division, and her partner Roberto, uh, he, they both cooked uh, as sous chefs at L'Artuzzi, uh, both moved over to Lepicho uh, to handle the opening of that, and actually both oversee, you know, not only the catering division, but some of that centralized pasta production I had mentioned before. So, yeah, you're right. The, the, the real benefit besides uh, the talent is, is being able to say, hey, you know, come by La Picho. We can try some pastas. We can try some antipasti and, and some dolci and, and uh, know that that is the same product. You know, that that's, you know, the restaurant quality product you get to see there is what's going to be in your home or your office or at your venue of choice. So, yeah, we, we do benefit uh, tremendously from that, both the, the, the ability of having that brick and mortar to fall back on for tastings and, you know, that talent pool. We use a, um, for the service side of things, we use uh, 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 an e-platform called ScheduleFly throughout the restaurants and then the catering division is another arm uh, where uh, we can post shifts as available and servers uh, that you see uh, serving you at Lartuzzi or Lepicho might be there at your house and you recognize them and it's it's nice because you you know these people, you trust their skill, you know that they are knowledgeable about food and wine and are passionate about what they're doing and there they are, you know, for your for your event. So we've been really lucky to uh to utilize that as a resource. And that's something that our clients in particular take great comfort in, that idea of familiar faces. Anytime we do a tasting and then um, it's a great server and people connect, we always want them back at the event. So I think that's a really important point, and I think the technology that you have to go with it is key because um, one can't diminish how important it is. It's hard scheduling um, yeah. that many people, from waiters to captains to bartenders to uh, managers of the events, let alone um, the back-of-the-house staff. So I think that's a really key uh, idea for us and, and for yeah. clients to be able to say, these guys have it down, they've got a system, they've got technology. And I think, Ron, you hit on a point, which we'll sort of bring back to Sarah, which is when when do you choose where to have an event? It, you've got all these private spaces, which I want to talk about, Ron, in a second. But, Sarah, when do you think it's optimal to really bring in the catering arm and say, let's do this at home? Let's, what's that point? Is it when the restaurant maxes out, when intimacy is more of a factor? And this is also where I'd love to give our listeners a bit of sense on, on cost because people think, well, I can't, I can't hire a private caterer. It's going to be really expensive. And I think people are a little bit misinformed about, in, in point of fact, how um, we'll call it cost-effective on a relative value basis having someone come sure. to your home or a private space can be. I'm not talking about a blank loft space necessarily, which is a, sometimes right. a very different endeavor. But um, So talk to us about how you advise clients on that. Sure. So uh, exactly as you had mentioned, you know, whether it be uh, you're looking for something more intimate 
or there just isn't the capacity at a private dining room. Taking it off-premise is always a great option. I think, like you said, a lot of people do think, oh my gosh, it's going to cost extraordinary amounts of money for me to bring in a private chef and do the whole thing myself. But that's not always true, especially with me. The way that I always do events is, and I always like to work with people's budget. I always try to make it work within what they're trying to do. So whether it be if you can't necessarily afford to have uh, a full staff come to your home, there's always drop-off options. And you can have something that might be room temperature uh, that you can still have at your home, still the same quality of stuff, but you don't need to have a chef and a sous chef there cooking for five hours. So that's always an option, too. Um, there is also what I've been finding a huge new trend in Chelsea in Manhattan with a lot of the art galleries. A lot of the art galleries now are, are turning over and, and becoming event spaces uh, at night. It helps them subsidize their rent, and it also is great for, for people who are looking to host an off-premise event but might not have $7,000 to spend. Galleries tend to be a range anywhere between two and $3,000, which is much more cost-effective. And, you know, if you're considering renting out a private dining room, that, I think, falls right in line with the budget. So I would say, you know, when planning events, the first two things to think of are, what do I want to serve and where are we going to have it? And, you know, from there, I would always suggest call, call, call your caterer. Give us a call and say, look, this is what I have to spend. How can we make this work? And I'm always willing to work with somebody and figure out the best way to create a unique and special experience. Yeah, and, and I jumping you, back, you, uh, sorry, uh, to the decision about the private home, Jeannie. Um, you know, we've, we've done drops in, in you know, typical Manhattan apartments, always limited for space and not always thinking about kitchen as a, as a professional platform. Uh, so we've done very modest drops and, and had success there. Also, there, there are the more fortunate, more affluent clients who, who have a, a decent amount of space and maybe have a good collection of china and, and, and glassware, where rentals, there will be zero in terms of the rental side of things. Uh, so there's money to be saved uh, entertaining at home uh, both uh, in both platforms. Absolutely, and I was um, going. I, I think this drop-off idea is one with which people really aren't familiar, um, and it's always a surprise when you say, "Well, that's an option." And room temperature uh, right. food, and I think this is where, especially your presentation and your food comes into play on this. That that idea of room temperature, it can still be very magnificent. People forget that right. um, you know, you can have a station or you can have an entire uh, cheese or antipasta board set up in advance that's absolutely perfect. I, I will argue that anytime you're doing an event for more than 15 people, having a server or a bartender just to sort of keep the place looking good is really key, but that's also something that you can help with. And if someone wanted to go off on their own and find a server, you can, but you can still have the food properly prepared and maintained, even in the winter, um, magnificently. So that's something I definitely encourage people to, to really think about. Um, and Ron, let's talk more about those private spaces, because you guys have some amazing private spaces. Um, let's talk a little bit about what those 
minimums are. And for those who may not understand what a minimum is, really what a food and beverage minimum is to take that space and what you have to spend to really um, be able to claim it as yours in a particular period of time. And then juxtapose that, Sarah, if you would, after Ron answers that, with where we might be looking as a starting point for a pretty simple event to something that's a little bit more elaborate on the food side. Sure. Right. I'd be happy to do that. Um, yeah, starting with Lartuzzi, um, very popular is the, the uh, wine room, which is up on the mezzanine. Uh, it seats about 16 people. And we base our food and beverage minimums uh, on the choice that the client makes to either do half the evening, 6 to 9, or 9 to 12, or they can take it for the full evening. Um, minimums also vary based on the day of the week. Of course, Saturday night, prime time being the most expensive if you were to take a full night, uh, but all the way down to you know uh, uh, an afternoon event on a Sunday or, or uh, uh, early in the week. Um, minimums start you know, anywhere between eight and twelve hundred dollars for food and beverage spend, uh, and uh, that that's pretty approachable when you figure you get sixteen people in there. That's about restaurant pricing if you were to take people out for dinner, really. Um, then at La Picho, we have a little bit more flexibility. As, as Sarah had mentioned, that's a larger space. Uh, so the dining room there holds up to uh, 36 people. It can also be split into two uh, areas uh, for 15 or 16 apiece. Uh, we also have a great front bar and, and lounge area that uh, if you wanted to gather uh, either in an organized way where we're doing past canapes or you just want your friends to meet there before sitting down in the private dining room, uh, that's available at, at no specific minimum. Uh, so, so really, we, as we do with the off-premise, we, we try and work within any budget. Of course, we'd love to do you know, white truffles and magnums of Barolo for you <laughs> and have you take the space for the entire night, uh, but it's not always appropriate and it's not always possible. We understand you know, there are social settings, birthdays or anniversaries, and then there are business settings where it doesn't need to be as splashy and splashy as, as you, you necessarily uh, might make it. Um, but, yeah, we, we have a pretty wide range. And, and also, uh, not to forget about Del Anima, as small a space as it is, uh, it isn't open uh, for lunch during the week. Uh, our chef, Andrew Whitney, who's tremendous, uh, who organizes chef counter dinners uh, as degustation menus at least once a month, uh, is delighted to have people come in for lunch for 20 or 30 people and take the whole restaurant. And that's pretty reasonable, too, since it's not displacing any of our a la carte business. Uh, we can work uh, with pretty uh, pretty broad flexibility for those takeovers. And Anfora, uh, the wine bar, we do everything from uh, small groups in the back banquette with a $500 minimum uh, for just snacks, light bites, and and, uh, and cocktails to a full takeover uh, of the bar. And again, that pricing depends on half night, full night, day of the week. I think that lunch tip is a great one. I, I, that sounds awesome to me. Anyone planning a lunch, corporate, social, or otherwise, take them up on it because that's actually great. <laughs> and I didn't even know that, which is why I do this radio show. It's just to educate myself. Sarah, let's talk about the pricing, <laughs> pricing on the catering side. You know, those numbers are really reasonable um, where Ron started us off on taking the rooms. And sure, would you have to make a choice between starting at 6 or 9? Okay, but these are pretty reasonable constraints. Where on the catering side do we fall? If someone, let's say, and again, I, I, I want to be clear, I am not holding you guys to these numbers, nor are our listeners. <laughs> we just want to have a sense um, of what someone can sort of say, hey, Sarah, I've got a 20-person cocktail. I, I want to make sure I have plenty of food. 
what um, would you sort of suggest? Sure. So starting with past hors d'oeuvres, you're ranging anywhere from $25 to to $40 a person, depending on how many uh, and the level of the hors d'oeuvre, you know. We have our classic hors d'oeuvres and then our signature hors d'oeuvres. The signature hors d'oeuvres, you're dealing with, you know, faux gras and truffles and things of that nature. So they're a bit more expensive. Uh, but the classic past hors d'oeuvres are equally as beautiful and delicious. And, you know, that starts around $25 a person. We also have flexible bar packages. Uh, we can do a wine and beer package at you know $30 a person for up to two hours. We have a beautiful classic open bar package uh, that was curated by Joe Campanelli. All of our beverage packages are. And the wines change according to season as well as our, our cocktails. That, that bar package is, starts around $65 to $70 a person. And then we have a premium open bar package that is top-shelf liquor, uh, also with a TV and Amari selections. That ranges about $85 a person uh, and, you know, goes from there. We also have fantastic kind of add-ons. We do a specialty lemonade stand with assortments of lemonades and fresh berries and vodka so you can kind of curate your own fun lemonade. We also do a very cool Manhattan matrix, again, kind of a make your own sort of a thing. So it really ranges. You know, you can do something that's really beautiful and elegant and impressive that won't break the bank. And and like I said, you know, whether it be doing your, your full-scale past hors d'oeuvres with stations, or if you're going to just do something like drop-off hors d'oeuvres, that's also an option. We do have a delivery minimum of $500 uh, for anything that we do. But again, we're always flexible. We're always here to work with the customer. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting is when you throw out the prices for your beer and wine packages and you throw out the prices for two hours right there, you know, people always say, well, $55 a person. And I think, I dare you to go anywhere in New York and have an unlimited amount of drinks for two hours and get some food, <laughs> and not have it end up being that. And you know, that's right. not because I'm I, uh, a crazy spender. It's because it's common sense. I mean, it's actually a far worse deal for you guys to lock in to any of my guests for two hours for X amount. Uh, and I think that's really important. <laughs> I think that's really important for people to to consider. And you know, a five hundred dollar minimum is nothing when you think about the fact that you can walk in from work, host a party for twenty and literally get everything you need for two hours done. Um, so I think it's really important. But I, one of the things I really want to focus on and why we started this series, I think for th- this reason more than any other, is the idea of building relationships. I love, Ron, that you're on the phone. You run the whole group. I love that we've got the catering side on. So for someone who does a lot of entertaining but wants to change it up but still wants to keep that relationship in place, um, this, to me, is a perfect marriage in the sense of, you know, I much prefer to deal with people who know me and say, oh, God, Sarah, just right. please do this, or can we just do it this way? Or, you know, anytime you're building um, that trust, and if you're going to do a, a restaurant event and you have four different places in which you can actually be in-house and then one where you is, I love your gallery ideas, um, be at home. So it's also about building um, 
in my mind on the client side, a relationship with one group that has many, many different facets. So you don't have to get bored, but you don't have to start all over again. And, I mean, I have to imagine from, uh, you know, the perspective of a client of ours in New York who do entertain a lot, this is really a a perfect thing. I I think, uh, go ahead, Sarah. You know, I I was going to say, that's definitely very true. And for us, it it really gives us the opportunity to to do things and, and to access people long term and so that they feel comfortable with us and and they know that like you said they can call me and say Sarah look I got this party this is what I have to spend this is what I'm thinking can I just trust you to do it and then my team comes in who they know who they've seen who they've met who they've worked with on a on, on a continued basis we come in and and really the benefit of having a caterer come in and, and do the party for you is that you can be a guest you can enjoy right. the party yourself. You're not worrying about, oh, gosh, do we have enough cocktail napkins, or does that trash, trash need to be changed, or, oh, man, there's right. a spill. That, and, and that's really the benefit. And, you know, upon first hearing of, you know, $55 for two hours, one might go, oh, wow, that seems like a lot. But the service and the specialized attention that comes with it is really what separates. Yeah, and if I could uh, jump in there, you know, I think the other side of it that's that's also the beauty of catering, you know, you go to a restaurant because you have a level of trust that hopefully we've established uh, in terms of what the experience is going to be like, that it's it's really a no-brainer. You go in, you know you love the list that Joe's put together, you love Gabe's food, and you know you're going to be cared for. Um, the, the beauty on the other side on the catering division is if you have a specific vision, uh, you know, as Sarah said, you could have her just uh, run it and take care of it because she knows you and she knows what you want. But you might have specific ideas and specific requests that you can't always make in a restaurant environment. And catering gives you the flexibility, you know, in terms of timing, in terms of product, in terms of format and style um, that that really, you know, can meet any need. And, uh, and that's what's exciting about catering. It's different every time. Great. And we've spent so much time talking about the structure of how to get all this food. We've talked very little about the food. Uh, I have to say uh, your, I think it was Jubilee's homemade burrata, um, was probably one of the best burratas I've ever had, and I'm a burrata freak. So uh, (laughs) I would very much argue that anyone who wants to go down to Lupiccio and and beg for it should, although I think it's on their menu still, if I'm I'm not mistaken. Um, But one of the things I'll also, I'll also point out is on epicurean-events.com, their website, there is um, all the information that you need on the food. Um, They have a great, even now, a spring drop catering menu. Um, So you could pick and choose, and it's really easy. Before you can get in touch with Sarah just to get sort of your arms wrapped around what is or what isn't. But let's talk a little bit about the food in both the restaurants and on the catering side that you guys think is particularly awesome that I don't know about that everyone else should hear about to make their mouths water and actually come in and try a bit. Sure. I, I think, you know, staying with sort of the classic Italian format of the, the right way to dine, right, is is the antipasti, primi, pasta course, and secondi, your savory items uh, on the entree side, and dolci. You know, you're going to cover a lot of bases, and, and Gabe doesn't really try and follow any specific region of Italy. He's inspired by uh, the Italian approach and by the ingredient-driven and seasonally-driven uh, approach to cuisine, which I think is great. 
Um, but you know, if you if you don't see something you like, just ask. But in the meantime, you know, we do have all of the crudo, the ceviches that you see at, at Lartuzzi. We do have, you know, the fresh pastas, the raviolis, the the in porcini in the fall, and and the the ramps and favas in, in the spring. And uh, you know, he really loves the market and and has respect for the product he's working with. And I think that translates to you know a, a sort of simple and refined and 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 beautiful and flavorful sort of soul-satisfying cuisine that he always provides. Um, but again, you know, we've, we've had requests, you know, people want sushi. Yes, we, we can do it. Not that different than the Italian crudo. We can get our heads wrapped around that. You know, we, we can really, you know, we did a kid's party. They wanted to do a cupcake bar and decorate your own cupcakes. Absolutely. You know, uh, Sarah, uh, uh, um, our pastry chef, also, you know, wonderfully innovative, had come to us from uh, Jean-Georges and has been with us for a number of years and great stuff on the sweet side as well. Um, so, so really, you know, I'm always excited every time I go into the restaurants. I can't wait to try something new. It's uh, ever-shifting with the seasons and with the innovation of the cooks, and it's really exciting to watch. Well, and you reminded me as we close the show that uh, in saying about the kids' cupcakes that you guys do offer kids' cooking classes, and I think you even sure. have um, other classes like winemaker events, so there's a lot to check out on your website. Sarah, 30 seconds, last word from you. No pressure, go. <laughs> well, I would just say give us a call. You know, events, for us, for me personally, events are so much fun. We love to be a part of your wedding or your special day. Uh, we're here to be on your team and, and to help you through the process and make it really easy. I know that planning an event, particularly a wedding, can be very overwhelming, but give us a call, and, and we're, we're here to walk you through it step-by-step step and, and make your dreams come true, as corny as that might, might sound. <laughs> no, not at all, Sarah. It sounds absolutely uncorny. Thank you so much. Um, uh, it was great having both of you on. You know that you are my favorites um, in terms of that great Italian food, so thank you, thank you. And we'll continue our series next week with another group, um, totally different because we would hate to bore you. Um, we don't mind being corny, but definitely we don't want to bore you. So, Sarah, Ron, have a great rest of the week. And everyone listening in, thank thanks you, so much, and have a great week. Thank, thank you, you, Jeannie.